Obamacare has been remarkably durable. Despite the old repeal and replace rhetoric, it turns out Americans like having affordable health insurance. About 18 million people have individual plans, and 80% of them receive Obamacare subsidies. Open enrollment is here again, and this season is going to be a busy one. Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. David, that's a lot of people. John, it's a lot of people. It's millions and millions of people. What is the latest on Obamacare? Well, I think Obamacare is a resounding success. If you lay out the problem that the president and his team and Congress were trying to solve, it was how do we get people covered and keep people covered in a system that's got some major gaps. I mean, going into 2008, if you recall, in addition to an economic crisis, medical debt was the largest reason for bankruptcy in America. There were major gaps in the employer-insured model, and there was really a breakdown in the marketplace between Medicaid, the, 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 the program for the poor, Medicare, the program for the elderly that people would either be in because of income, or age, that that if we were going to continue to embrace our private sector insurance, that there needed to be some federal support through Obamacare to see if we could somehow keep people covered. Because when people don't, don't get are not covered by Obamacare, they still get sick and we still pay for them. We just pay for it in extremis. So, all right. So that's great. It's rah-rah. I mean, but who even qualifies for Obamacare? It's the group of people who are either don't qualify for employer-sponsored health insurance, are between jobs or between employers. And it's actually a pretty big group when you think about how mobile our economy is. John, so the, you know, to actually technically qualify for Obamacare, I could argue everybody is covered in a sense because it's affected all aspects of the, of the healthcare system. There's some basic requirements in terms of uh, you know, being a permanent resident or, or a citizen, uh, not having Medicare, of course. And then um, anybody can uh, basically go on an exchange and buy a health insurance. Now, people may do it, um, may not do it because they have other choices like their employer sponsors coverage. But those up to uh, 400% of the federal poverty level are able to get some subsidies. And what's interesting too, John, is that we've talked a lot this year about the uh, Medicaid redetermination because, of, of course, during the pandemic, when someone was on Medicaid, they weren't thrown off of it. And now there's a process to uh, reevaluate the folks to see who, who's, who's eligible for Medicaid or not. Some of those people losing Medicaid coverage um, are now going to go on the exchanges. And that's one of the reasons why this is going to be a potentially big year uh, for open enrollment. Medicaid redetermination, which is the post-public health emergency reset of the qualifications for Medicaid, is you know throwing you know millions of people off of the Medicaid rolls in some cases not them not even knowing about it. So the Obamacare subsidy related healthcare coverage is really critical. Obamacare basically is comprehensive coverage, and under any of the metal levels, uh, you get the coverage for preventive care, physician care, hospital care, drugs. So it's it's comprehensive, and then these different levels from. Uh, bronze, silver, gold, and, and platinum really uh, relate to the out-of-pocket payments. So you've got premiums are going to be higher for those, you know, platinum, gold plans, and lower for the bronze and silver plans. 
In all cases, though, there's also no uh, there's no maximum payment. If you remember in the bad old days, what would happen, uh, that is no maximum coverage, uh, is you might have an expensive disease like cancer, and then your insurance would run out because you'd have either the uh, annual or lifetime cap. So that doesn't happen under you know under any of these plans. Now the the bronze plans are the most affordable in a way. And if you recall, John, uh, at the dawn of the Affordable Care Act, there were complaints that, that people would, who were against Obamacare would say, oh yeah, well, great, they get coverage, but they can't afford to use it because the deductibles are so high. And in fact, of course, insurance is pretty, pretty darn complicated. Turns out a lot of people who get subsidies, they could get subsidies for the silver plan uh, that would actually be a better deal. And one of the things that's actually changed this year is that if somebody had had a bronze plan and they were low income and they hadn't actively wanted to renew that plan, uh, then the marketplace will renew them automatically in a silver plan with all the same doctors and hospitals in their network, uh, still going to get a very big subsidy, but they're not going to have so much on the out-of-pocket payments. So that's kind of how the metal levels relate. Well, and, you know, and again, this is getting a little wonky, but it's also kind of interesting that the the way they're managing Obamacare, that you don't have to hit a particular enrollment period, particularly for those who are affected by the Medicaid redeterminations who may have lost their coverage. They, they actually, I believe, have a fairly long period of open enrollment. That's right, John. So the standard open enrollment period actually varies by state because some states do administer the exchanges. But let's say in general, it's from the beginning of November uh, until mid-December, if you want coverage that starts January 1st, and then until around mid-January, the open enrollment is open. But as you say, the people that uh, were under the Medicaid redetermination, or if they've got a special uh, reason, some change of circumstances, uh, but those with Medicaid Medicaid redetermination, they've had an open enrollment period for a while, and it continues until the end of July 2024. So there's actually a lot of flexibility uh, that's built in. And I think people shouldn't be afraid of Obamacare coverage because I think, David, you know, eight out of 10 people in the Obamacare programs, the exchange related programs, are getting some form of subsidy. The subsidies, John, are substantial, both in terms of the percentage of people that receive them and and also how big the subsidies are. We're not talking about a 5% subsidy here. So about 80% of the participants receive subsidies. And typically that means they're paying $10 or or less per month compared with the typical silver plan, uh, which for an individual, it depends on the plan and where you live, uh, but something like $475 a month for an individual and higher uh, for family. And so it's, it's, it's very inexpensive if you do get the subsidies, which most people are able to get. And David, at the time, Obamacare was sort of equivalently uh, disliked by the far left who wanted you know, Medicare for the planet and, and, and the far right that, 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 that was, was happy to live with a broken insurance marketplace without coverage for, for people or, or, or people who had lost coverage between jobs. So how do you, how, you know, how, how should people be thinking about these exchanges and how do they get access to them? One of the reasons that there was uh, so much fierce opposition and fear mongering up front about Obamacare was a realization uh, by those that opposed it that you know once it's in place and once uh, you know people get used to having insurance they're not going to want to have it taken away and there's a philosophical argument to be had about you know what's the overall size of government and the role of government 
but for sure it's it's popular you know to have the Obamacare. Now most people who are if they're already in a marketplace program in an Obamacare program th- they'll get a renewal notice, they won't have to do anything, you know, a lot of uh, searching out. But otherwise you could just look for Obamacare or you know health insurance uh, on the web and you're going to find the marketplace. I think you can go to healthcare.gov uh, as well to find uh, the federal program or to find your way to your uh, exchange and, uh, and and you can just navigate from there. Now, it turns out there's also, in terms of navigation, there are some uh, people that uh, can help out. So their insurance brokers uh, that, that make uh, commission from selling insurance yeah, they can get, uh, they can provide advice on uh, on which plan to get. And then there's these uh, exchange navigators that are actually paid for by the federal government. Um, and they will be able to help people to uh, to figure out how to sort their way uh, through this. And also uh, those that are losing coverage under the Medicare redetermination, uh, generally speaking, are going to get information from uh, their Medicare agency about how to apply uh, for Obamacare. So it, it uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the Medicare for all folks are, are disappointed, but you have pretty solid coverage. I mean, the, 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 the coverage that's provided under these plans is quite competitive with commercial insurance. What about the deductibles, though, David? Wasn't there a fair amount of criticism of the deductibles? What do we now know five years into this program? The, the idea of deductibles is partly to have cost sharing so that government pays less or that, you know, whoever is the sponsor, in some cases, employers, they have deductibles um, as well. And also so it's to share costs and it's also to discourage people from just treating it as though it's free and, and going and, and using, uh, you know, using healthcare as though it were uh, like water. And there are deductibles, but they are limited um, according to income level. And those that are receiving subsidies, you know, they're not paying as much for the deductibles either. The specifics vary by plan, but, but these are not ruinous uh, these days. They are affordable, you know, and I know we call it Obamacare, uh, but it's called the Affordable Care Act. And it is affordable for those that are, you know, are receiving uh, the subsidies. So it's nothing particularly to worry about. What it does say, though, is when you're shopping and looking at these different plans between you know, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum, that it's not just the premium to look at, it's also to look at what's your complete uh, your complete, complete cost going to be. And it's going to be higher uh, with the bronze plans and lower uh, with those in the higher tier. David, if your employer offers health insurance, can you still participate in this, in the exchanges and uh, to be able to buy healthcare on the, on the exchange? So the answer is it depends, John, which I know you don't like that answer, but Here's what it depends on. First of all, uh, again, to the point of the insurance supposed to be affordable. Uh, if your employer is, expects you to contribute more than eight and a half percent of your income toward paying for health insurance, then you're actually allowed to go on the exchange. It used to be, by the way, ten percent. They made it more affordable. Now, if, it's, if you pay eight and a half percent versus ten percent, you can go on the uh, go on the exchange. Um, but generally, people that have Im- coverage through their employer, if it's good, they'll you know they're usually well advised to stay with that. What's interesting now, though, is that in some cases, an employer will pay for that employee, but then their dependents, the family members, they may not get any subsidy, or it might be pretty small, and it ends up being affordable for the employee, but not affordable for the whole family. It used to be the family could not. Yeah, well, it was like you know it was it was it was overlooked the first time. But it was it, that problem wasn't corrected because there were people that just wanted to see Obamacare fail. Now, 
uh, during the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which occurred during the, you know, as one of the Biden initiatives, they actually made an adjustment here. So now what happens is, let's say your employer offers you a great deal. The employee can do it. You got kids, you have a spouse. Well, they can go on the exchange. So that's that's new this year. And there's another reason why we think that the uh, number of people in, uh, enrolling on the exchanges may increase. There's a lot of subsidy involved in all of these programs. How big are these subsidies? And is there a legitimate concern that we're spending too much and getting too little? If you just look at the the subsidies specifically for the Affordable Care Act and the Obamacare exchanges, uh, it's actually you know it's it's tens of billions of dollars, but it still doesn't add up to that much. Probably something like seventy uh, seventy billion dollars or so. the The Congressional Budget Office uh, estimates that federal subsidies for health insurance for people under sixty five, which includes the direct spending, but also you know, tax provisions where it's deductible is about $1 trillion. Uh, Medicare itself is also about $1 trillion. So I think it all adds up right now to like $1.8 trillion. Call it $2 trillion of subsidy. But of that $1 trillion, before, I mean, ha- almost half of that is is Medicaid and the child health program, right? So that's a little unfair. But I, but I think that for that amount of money, we're actually keeping people out of bankruptcy. We're allowing people to stay employed and we're giving families options and and they're and it's a market-based solution where they're paying out of pocket. So why do critics like you constantly carp about Obamacare, David? I think people are moved on to other things, John, besides Obamacare. I don't hear too many people complaining about it. It used to be something where it was a Well Trump's got a plan. Yeah, he's got a plan. Now actually the we you asked before about who's eligible for Obamacare and uh, you have to be a US citizen. Uh, you have to be not on Medicare. Um, employment income, you know, I know Trump has got, I don't know how he pays for taxes. Now, the one of the thing I skipped before, before, but I'll mention now is you, if you're incarcerated, you're not uh, eligible for Obamacare. So, uh, Trump is currently eligible perhaps, but, uh, if he were to become incarcerated, uh, he would lose eligibility there. So David, what's the best way for people who are interested in Obamacare to actually search and figure it out? So I think if you go to healthcare.gov, uh, there is um, a place where you get started, and if you actually just put in your uh, your email address and what state you're in, uh, then it's going to give you uh, reminders and give you uh, information specific to your state. Some of the states run their own insurance exchanges, the marketplaces, and the federal government runs it for uh, for others. So that's the best way because everyone's going to have their own specific uh, circumstances. But that's that's what I would recommend uh, for people to do. So, David, what happens if the Republicans win, and uh, and and do you, do you think there's any real risk to us losing Obamacare? You know, after the full repeal and replace didn't happen, then it's sort of trying to find uh, death by a thousand cuts. You know, well, we won't we won't fund the navigators, or we'll you know turn we'll make the open enrollment period shorter, or we'll you know do do other sorts of things. One of the major things that happened was with this. Inflation Reduction Act, the subsidies for the Obamacare exchange uh, continue through 2025. So that means we have the coming year and then the year after that, which brings us into the next presidential administration. Now, if those subsidies aren't, you know, I already said that it's $500 for an individual to get coverage, but $10 with the subsidy. Well, there's a heck of a difference between those two, right? So People can afford $10, they can't afford $500. If those go away, either in part or in whole, yeah, you're going to see 
the level of uh, uninsured rise as it did in the Trump administration uh, in the first couple of years. Um, sure. Sure, there's a risk, John. Absolutely. Can't take this for granted. But don't you think, given the fact that every time Medicaid expansion has been on the ballot, even in a, in a red state, it's never lost, that the political support for Obamacare is, is a, is a, it will protect it? You are a believer that the average American wants to see coverage for everybody. And um, I think that, yes. So I know where you stand on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for sure the... Um, I mean, look, John, if you can't keep the government open, then yeah, there's definitely a chance that the Obamacare subsidies uh, will will fall away. And look, healthcare is, uh, it costs too much, as we talked about, and we get too little for it. And this is going to be part of the discussion along with, um, you know, adjustments to Medicare, Medicaid. And absolutely, if the uh, Republicans are ascendant in 2024, uh, then the outlook for government-sponsored and subsidized healthcare goes down. The, the, the bottom line on Obamacare is like everything else in healthcare, it's complicated, but it's helped by providing and extending coverage to folks who are above poverty, but in many cases still working. It's really taken a lot of the brutish and nasty parts of, our, of the gaps in the healthcare system and filled them. It's not perfect, but gosh, it seems to be a few years in, one of the most interesting statistics I saw is with extended coverage, um, and all of the value-based engineering that's been done in Medicare and Medicaid managed care, you're starting to see a decline in total healthcare costs for Medicare, particularly in hospitalization and hospital costs and length of stay. It's starting to also slow that rate modestly in the commercial market. So it, I think it has a positive knock-on effect. So critics like you, David, should look at the facts. Well, John, they'll at least look at him and we'll see what happens next. I'm a supporter of Obamacare, John, and I think Obamacare has become in some ways like Medicare. The people who have it like it, and maybe there's concerns at the uh, policy level, but uh, no one wants their Obamacare taken away. Well, that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk. We've been talking about Obamacare. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. If you liked what you heard or you didn't, we'd love you to subscribe on your favorite service.